Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking all about how to stretch your lower body if you've got back pain. So whether that's a slip disc, whether that's a minor back strain or whether it's something a little bit more complicated like spinal stenosis, we're gonna talk about how and why we recommend these sorts of stretches and what you need to be avoiding all in today's live stream. As always, if you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing um, and sharing uh, this with anyone that might also need a little bit of help with their back pain. We do Q&A at the end of every single live stream. So it's your chance to ask Lara on the other side of the camera any questions that you've got on your back, on your neck or other issues related to sort of those areas. And we'll do our best to provide you guys with a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support and some suggestions on things you can do to really help deal with your back pain. And with that being said, we'll get into today's live stream. So welcome everybody to today's live stream. We're going to be talking uh, all about, as I mentioned, the lower body stretching for your lower back if you've got lower back pain. And this is a really, really important concept. I'm going to start things off by talking a little bit about why even bother and uh, some of the mistakes that people commonly make in, both in the clinic and that we see uh, people making before they join our Back in Shape membership site. Um, and so you've got a bit of a better understanding. You'll see down here on the board, we've got some drawings just there. So we're going to go through those uh, with you guys so you can really understand the principles of this so you can apply it to your back pain recovery and make sure that you're looking after yourself effectively. We're then going to talk a little bit about what to focus on when you're doing these stretches and a few other tips and tricks along the way there and also just general safety when you are doing these. And as I mentioned in the sort of intro to this, who these are for. Um, so we'll cover that later on in the live stream. And as always, if you've got any questions, post those in the comments right now or as we're going through, if they pop into your head, because Lara's behind the camera, she'll be able to read those questions out at the end of today's sort of main topic. And we'll do our best to help every one of you uh, with sort of your questions. And if you're watching this after the fact, then please do still comment in the sections below because we do read and answer all of those comments um, that you guys have, even if you're commenting on a video we've done a year ago. So that's really, really important, especially if you're one of our YouTube uh, watchers, because there's tons of videos on there, as you guys will see. So if we get into it first and foremost, I've got a bit of, a bit of stuff on the whiteboard here uh, for you guys to see. So I'll uh, talk through that there. Um, the main thing that we wanted to start off with is avoiding excessive uh, spinal movement when we're doing these lower body stretches. We, we've, we've got a lower back injury, um, let's say we've got a slip disc at 4.5, L4.5 or L5S1. That's going to be down the bottom of the lumbar spine here. So 4.5 region here, 5S1 region here, the one between the green and the orange. Let's say you've injured those. Now, when we first got an injury, we really want to avoid moving the spine too much. And that's why we really talk about excessive spinal movement. We want to really avoid, uh, avoid that at all costs. But what can we do? We can really work on the hip. Most of you guys will have two hips rather than just one. Um, but we can really work on this hip. And, and why is that important? Well, if we've got an injury here, the same way if you've got you know, a, a weak link in the chain, you don't want excessive pressure to go through that chain. You want to maybe brace that area or allow that area to just do its thing and recover whilst the stronger areas, the more stable areas are going to take over. So the hips have a really good range of motion. And you can see this is a really solid joint. It's very, very strong in all ranges. It's nice and, nice and stable. It's not a bunch of bones stacked on top of one another that can wiggle left and right and require really complex levels of support. 
So in this first instance, we want to stretch these hips so they're as mobile as possible. So when we're going through the normal acts of daily living, getting up out of a chair, walking around, getting on and off the loo, all those sorts of things are putting minimal strain and stress through your lower back. So hip flexibility is going in all ranges is going to be something that's really, really important. I'm going to take a moment quickly to sort of really hone in on one of the big mistakes that people make because people do a bit of hip stretching, but they do it the wrong way. And it ends up making the lower back worse. And we've, if you've seen any of our other, other live streams on this, you'll recognize this sort of drawing here. Extremely good art, if I do say so myself, um, or not. Uh, and, and this really highlights why rounding your back is so, so problematic. And one of the big mistakes we want to get out of the way first before we start talking about the hip stretching itself. So very, very commonly, you're going to see people doing the cat camel, the child's pose, all these sorts of exercises. And it's, it's really not a good idea. And just as a quick side note, if you're in the Back in Shape membership site and you're doing the towel exercise and you're getting off and you're doing the cat stretch or the child's pose stretch, please, please, please stop that because this is exactly what's happening. I'm not going to talk in this, in this diagram here about the inflammation in the lower back hitting the nerves or anything like that. I'm just talking about the soft tissues because at the end of the day, so soft tissues that are injured and they're irritating the nerves and so on and so forth and we get pain. So... What you can see down here, this is the normal lordotic spine. We've got the front of the vertebra, the back of the vertebra, and these sort of little black sticks on the end, those are the spinous processes here. And between all of these layers, we have a extensive support system of ligaments that really reinforce the disc on the back. And we've got this one ligament along the front here. This is the anterior long, longitudinal ligament, or ALL. We have one of those, and we have a number of ligaments that run along the back and support the posterior arch. Most of the people that come into the clinic and most of the people that have back pain, they've injured the posterior part. It's that disc is driving back because they're squashing down on the front like this one down here. And, and it's caused a failure of those ligaments to protect and house the disc in its correct place. And therefore, it's strained and damaged those structures. In this position here, we've got a nice tightness. The ligaments, which aren't designed to change too much in length, they're a certain length, if you will. The big problem with doing those forward bending stretches, as you can see here, is that the initial mode of injury quite often was bending to pick up something, or it was uh, putting your socks on, or it was in the garden lifting, or it was maybe even just getting out of bed or getting off a chair with a forward bend. And that's the second hip that's gone. Okay, anyway, we'll carry on. <laughs> um, so it, it's a forward bend. It, it's it's opening out this space on the back here that's resulted in a strain. It's exploited one area. And, this is, and what happened is we've had a little injury down here. Now, if you're doing things like the child's pose or forward bending, although they feel relieving, which we've got into in other exercises, those, that injury has, has opened out and it's trying to knit back together and close up to restore the normal balance through this section of the lumbar spine. But if you're repeatedly doing these forward bending stretches, the wound that is trying to heal on the back here it's constantly being pulled open each time you do this. And this is the really big problem. And what then happens now is that your body will go through a healing process, whether it's a good one or not is, is, is by the by. But what happens is that this section here gets filled in with scar tissue. The scar tissue is very, very weak. And what now happens is this, these ligaments that should have been that long, for argument's sake, are now elongated with a weak point in the middle which means that they don't effectively support the integrity of that normal backward bend in the spine. And therefore you have a vulnerable segment. And this is quite 
why quite so often these back issues come back time and time again, especially when people have been through the wrong rehab. They've done too much forward bending. So now we have the L4-5, for example, was healed poorly because we kept on doing forward bending stretches. And the ligaments that should be nice and tight are now elongated. And that segment can readily wobble forwards and injure itself further and drive this disc backwards again. And that creates the real weaknesses. And that is why we really encourage all of you, even though you're feeling some back stiffness, some tightness, some tension in that lower back region, to please avoid doing these sorts of exercises, these forward bending exercises. Now, if you've got any questions on that, Lara's just behind the camera, as we've already said, so please post those in the comments because we'll, we'll get into that. Happy for you guys to ask questions because the better you understand this concept, the better you're gonna do with your back pain and the less of an impact it's gonna have on your day-to-day -day life. So that's really, really important. Please ask questions. And, and whenever you're in the hospital or with your doctor or with your, your surgeon or whatever it is, you should always be empowered and know that you are there to ask questions, to help you get a better understanding. And anyone that's worth their grain of salt, I don't care how much experience they have, should be willing and encouraging you to ask questions because an informed patient is really um, much, much better off. And they always, always do better than those that don't ask questions. So that's really important. When we get into the actual stretching itself, we want to stretch that hip in all ranges. So not quite so much that it dislocates like my spinal model, but we want to stretch in all ranges. So we're doing the hamstring stretches. Those, those are really to help that hip come up and around. We'll put it back in just for the time being. Uh, like, let's just get so much action this hip that it goes all over the shop. So um, we, we want to do the hamstring stretch where we're coming up. We're helping this movement get freer. And what's this movement used in? This is getting up and down out of chairs. This is allowing your hip to move so you can sit down, so your spine can stay more upright as we sit down. We're helping work on extension. That's the hip coming behind you. That's opening up the front of the hip here, which often gets tight when we're sat down all day. And the problem with that is that if that stays tight, as we stand up, the spine tilts forward. So we have a bad posture forwards, forwards leaning posture, which puts tremendous pressure through the spine. And we're also opening out the glutes, pulling it across the spine, on the, across on the front to stretch this region out and keep it nice and supple. Now we're not excessively stretching any of these areas, but we're mobilizing them to keep that hip able to move freely and maybe build up some inbuilt stiffness and tension that's built up over many years, which is why the back pain has come on in the first place. Remember, the overwhelming majority of patients that make it into our clinic and those that are in the Back and Shape membership site, etc., have a history of back problems and a history of bad practices that have led to those sorts of that, that back pain event that often it, it takes a bit of time to start to break down why has this happened in the first place. And, and when you look back, you see that all these things we've been doing that are inappropriate for our back for an extended period of time. So those are the stretches there. Now, the next thing is, how is our spine when we're stretching these? We always teach you guys, when you're doing the stretches, we are not doing a simple, for example, with the hamstring stretch. You look at what's happening to my back here. It's, it's not effective. I feel the back before. I'm not even feeling anything in the hamstrings. But if I do a proper movement, boom. I haven't even moved my spine at all really forwards. My spine has not bent through here and already we've got it in the hamstrings. So part of that comes with learning how to move effectively. A lot of people don't know how to move effectively because they're not taught and we kind of get a little bit lazy with it. And also it's about isolating that hip joint. So we are stretching the hips whilst leaving this area alone so it can actually go through the normal healing process and return to this. We want to be stretching with a neutral spine. And also, obviously, 
if you're in the membership site, you'll know about the engaging your core to just help hold that spine stable whilst you're doing some of these stretches. Another one would be the hip flexor stretch where we're in a sort of a lunge position. You guys, we've got videos on this in the free and, and, and the mem premium membership where we're stretching into a lunge position. But we're not arching our backwards back our back backwards like this. That's going to create stress and strain. And if we have any ligament issues in the lower back down here, you're going to create shearing, which is a very unpleasant experience. It'll give you a lot of sharp, uncomfortable shooting pain. We want to avoid that. And the last thing I want to mention here is these exercises, when done correctly, are incredibly safe. And this kind of ties in with that one in the purple box, that point in the purple box. We have patients of all sorts of issues over the years, from more severe spinal issues, post-surgeries, those sorts of things, to simple slip discs, bulging discs and herniated discs, or just minor back pain, which is a minor strain of some of those ligamentous structures in the lower back. Everyone is able to do these stretches when, they've done, when they do the technique correctly. We've had a few people that have they've been on the, the basic membership and said, oh, I don't know if these stretches are good for me. They're too much, they're too much, but they'll willingly go and do the child's pose at home. And it's really a case of it's just, we haven't been able to help that individual understand enough the mechanics of back pain, unfortunately. Um, and that's really the, the, big, the big shame because these exercises are safer for everyone. And if you're getting pain when you're doing them, look at the technique. Because nine times out of 10, there are technique inefficiencies. There's difficulty doing the technique. And I use this example. Uh, I, haven't, I don't think I've used this on a live stream just yet, but I use it in the clinic. A lot of you guys, moving like this is going to be difficult. Learning to isolate the hip is going to be difficult. But if we take it back to when you were a child or if you've got any children or grandchildren and they're one, two years old, they're learning to walk. If they fall over, you don't say, right, walking's not for you. You shouldn't be walking. You're not built to walk. You're never going to get it. You've tried once or twice. You've tried for a week and you're still falling over. Let's just leave it. You've hurt your wrist. We're going to stop. Walking is not for you, little one. You're going to have to stay in the crawling and sitting game and we'll just pick you up as a 15-year-old adult and move you around because you haven't learned how to walk. That's not the case. It's perfectly safe to walk for a child and they need to learn how to walk and that involves a little bit of trial and error to a degree. But you guys have the benefit of maybe being able to talk a little bit more coherently and research a little bit more coherently so you can learn how to do some of these things. But they do take time. If you haven't been doing the core engagement exercise correctly, learn how to engage your core or haven't ever stretched your hamstring properly and you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s and you haven't done it for decades, it's very unlikely that you're going to pick this up very quickly. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of practice. But that is, is if, it, if you struggle with these in terms of the technique, then it's really a worthwhile pursuit because a lot of people feel when they've got back pain that nothing works for them. They've tried lots of things. Nothing works for them. I tried this once or twice. I tried that five times. I tried that a week um, or two weeks or three weeks or a month but I never got down to the granular level like we're talking, uh, talking to you about. These are the basics. They're the very simplistic foundations. And getting these right is so easy for every single one of you guys to do. And we know this because of patients that come into the clinic with horrendous issues in their lower backs. Um, they can get it with a little bit of time and a little bit of, a little bit of encouragement. So don't give up if you are struggling with some of these exercises. They are very simple. They are very safe for everyone. And the last one I wanted to cover is just a few tips. What can you do to make this easier? I always talk about trying to be lazy with your stretching. And this allows you to relax into the stretch, uh, hold it for a little bit longer, more effortlessly. Last thing we want is we want other areas of our body to be working overtime whilst we're trying to actually stretch 
the area that we're, we're stretching and treat the area that we're treating. Use supports. I've got the chair here, you can use the chair. If you're doing the hamstring stretch, you're sat down on the chair, maybe you're leaning on the side of your desk or your kitchen table to, to get that hamstring stretch done. Maybe you're doing the lunge position, as we mentioned before, and you're lunging and you're between two dining table chairs so you can support your body weight. Maybe you've got a bit of trouble in your knees. So you can lean on those chairs or next to the bed to make sure that you can effectively relax into that position. All of these things really add up and they really help make your life easier so you can do these stretches. And of course, we haven't really touched on the towel exercise. Many of you guys watching this will have heard us mention this before. We haven't really touched on that today, but there's obviously that as well. So hopefully you guys have found this video helpful. It's given you some food for thought. Maybe if you were struggling a little bit with your back pain and with doing some of these stretches, it's given you that extra spark to persevere, to re-evaluate your technique, to watch the videos that we've got there again so you can better understand how to do them, critique your technique, and, um, and really help you get your back in shape properly this time around, no matter how bad the symptoms or the MRI scan or the x-rays have been. Uh, we all have the power to make changes in our muscles, to stretch them out a little bit, and to strengthen up those muscles, and that's something we should all be doing bar by no one really so go to q a okay brilliant so i'm going to start off with facebook elaine has asked i think she she must have uh, logged in halfway through mm -hmm. she said, what is the best form of exercise for the back i don't think she's in the back to shape program okay so i can sit and stand okay but when i stand i have weakness in my right hip it's like my leg has turned slightly and it does take a few minutes to regain normal movement um so quite often with that i'm a bit blurry um, quite often with that, you really want to focus more on on sort of reducing some of the inflammation. If you're standing, it's likely that there's some sort of issue occurring here. So as you start to stand, it puts pressure through these structures and that then is influ influencing the glutes, for example. Maybe that's pulling your leg around to the side, etc. You want to really focus on reducing the inflammation in the lower back and then starting to strengthen up this region here so it provides you with more support whilst you're upright. So if you're not in the back in shape, I'd definitely go ahead and look at that at backinshapeup.com because that's got the protocols and the stuff that we've kind of discussed here that will help you. And then obviously walking. But the problem is if you don't have that basic core strength and stability, when you are walking, it's going to be aggravating that area. The question is, can you walk for 15 minutes or can you walk for one minute before it starts to come on? And, and really what I suspect is that you need to provide more stability for your core through good core engagement. And that will allow you to then do things like walking. Walking is a perfect perfect example, and it's probably the most practical for people right now watching this, given the current uh, sort of geopolitical circumstances, if that's a correct analogy. Um, given current circumstances with us being locked in, get out, go for a walk with good posture, but learn to engage your core effectively and start to build up some strength and protection. Because one, one way I refer to the lower back is like a bag of potatoes that it, it's really just a sack and there's a lot of potatoes stacked on top of one another. And if the sack is loose, they just fall all over the shop. So walking around is going to be difficult. You want to tighten that sack around the potatoes so it, they stack up nicely and that way they, they can move effectively. Um, so really the core stability is really, really important and working on your hips in the, for the time being so they can do more of the work is going to be important. And it's just on a quick side note of that based on what we've talked about through this live stream. We've touched a lot on stretching, but please don't for a moment think that, you, that that's the whole story. You must do strengthening. You must get these muscles stronger. That's really, really important. And we'll touch on that maybe in another video. Okay, great analogy. Thank um, you. I, uh, Elaine, I've sent you the link to sign up to the Back in Shape program. The basic program is free, so you can just sign up and create your account. Um, right, I'm going to move over to YouTube. So Georgina has asked, hello, I've, uh, I have canal stenosis with arthritis, also arthritis in my hips. 
So uh, I can still do all of these question mark. I tried to do yoga, but I couldn't do the back arch. It was so painful. So this will be better for me. Yeah, um, most certainly. So the question there is about stenosis. Um, it's about uh, the back yoga. I mean, I just leave yoga out for a number of reasons for the time being. It's not what you need. That comes under the very second point here, excessive spinal movement. You don't need to do excessive spinal movement. People default to yoga, but in, in our experience, it's just there's so many potholes in it uh, for someone who's struggling with back pain. And if you've never done yoga before, then it is a skill to a certain degree. So we want to leave that alone. Uh, especially if you've got hip arthritis as well, you're going to be limited in certain ranges. Uh, I'll touch firstly on the stenosis. Um, if it's an arthritic type of stenosis, if we look down at this, this bit here, what essentially happens, I'll draw this in red, is that this drops, so the disc gets smaller, and then we get what's called bony osteophyte occurring around there. So you can see that starts to invade the process here. Now, the, 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 there's two things you want to do. Number one is you do want to do the back and shape exercises. You want to do those hip flexor stretches in particular because with, with, um, with osteoarthritis in the hip, we get stuck in that position. We cannot go back to being able to stand up straight or erect. So that's a big challenge for you and really working on that stretch will be uncomfortable. But it's worthwhile doing because if you've seen any of our other live streams, you will slowly lose, 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 lose range of motion because you'll just avoid the painful range. So with the hip problem, you do want to do a bit of hip extensor stretching. So hip flexor stretching. So do the stretching routinely, but the hip flexor stretching will challenge you most. With regards to the towel exercise for the lower back, that may be a little bit difficult. It may be a little bit uncomfortable. It does depend on the degree of stenosis that you've got and the degree of degenerative change. I would suggest it's worthwhile trying. That lower, back, uh, that lower back towel exercise in the correct place. It needs to be here. If you put it down here, it's going to make you worse. So definitely watch the video and back in shape and make sure you're doing it correctly. Watch it a few times, make sure you're doing it correctly. That's very, very important, but that will help. It will take pressure off this area here. It's not going to cure the problem because the stenosis is there if it's degenerative and the degeneration is there. I definitely, we did, we did a live stream on, on lumbar stenosis, so that may be really interesting for you. That's on the YouTube channel. You'll find it very, very easily. Um, so that there's, there's that to consider. The towel will unload that, but really the best strategy for you going forward is do the phase one exercises for a little while, maybe it's a couple of days, and then really try and move into the phase two exercises because ultimately it, it, it is muscular strength and support and stability that is going to help this reduced um this slightly abnormal structure be a little bit more protected on a day in day out basis and that is the only thing that can really be done and with that you could be in a really good position you could be doing an awful lot better than you currently are mm -hmm. it just takes time persistent and diligence and obviously depending on your age you're going to then have a faster or slower recovery process in terms of building muscle tissue to protect your spine more so it might take you a little bit longer but patience uh, is really really important and consistency is really really important and finding technique is really really important especially for someone like yourself yeah do you want do you also just want to touch on the fact that when people are going through the back and shape program they're starting with the basics um just not trying not not doing additional things on yeah the side yeah it just, yeah you know, we've had we've yeah i've been speaking on a few occasions where I've, I've been speaking to people doing um they're doing the back and shape and then oh no this 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 is it, it's difficult i'm not 100 percent sure about it and then and and the only time that occurs is when they're doing other exercises which directly contradict these points so it's no good you doing something like the towel and as i mentioned and then going do a yoga doing a yoga routine that involves the uh the child's pose 
because you've literally just done exactly what we told you not to do down the bottom here. And, and it doesn't matter if you're doing good stuff. It's like saying, I had a salad at lunch and I had a cake for dinner and I'm trying to lose weight. Why am I not losing weight? When we, when we use that example, it's just so like, of course, that's really silly. But with your back, why is the same thing not taking place? So if, you, if, you, if what we said makes sense, which we generally really do hope it does, and it does for a lot of people, then please look at everything you're doing through that lens and apply it to everything. Because if we partially apply it, you're going to get partial results. And if you partially apply it and are partially doing things that are substantially worse for your back, then you're really going to struggle to actually get any progress. So that's very, very important. And don't rush. You start feeling better. You go, oh, I'm going to do a yoga class or I'm going to, do a, I'm going to go for a run. Now, please follow the course because when you follow the course, you do well. And when people deviate, they tend to do worse. And, and that's just something you see time and time again in the clinic, time and time again elsewhere. People that follow it to the letter do very, very well. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to jump to Facebook. I actually can't comment on Facebook anymore. I don't know what's happened to my computer, but I can see the comments. Okay. Uh, right, Fiona has said, uh, can't wait to get back into the gym, um, to get back into doing some weights and strengthen up. But I'm limited with the few I have at home. Um, I'm not sure awesome. if she is in the Back in Shape program. But... Yeah, I mean, you know, when gyms open up, it's something we're really looking forward to. I, you just have to work on what you can work on yeah. at the moment. Um, and if, you, if, you've, if you've got a bit of back pain or if you've got no back pain, then that's awesome. Getting back in the gym is going to be good fun. It's going to be good at, at strengthening everything up. We want to be careful with what we're doing. Remember, you know, um, one of the things I'll be doing when I go back into the gym is we were operating at 100% before when you go in the gym. Come back in at like 50%. Spend a week operating at 50% of what you would have done prior to going into the gym because I know 100% I've lost weight. I've lost, I've lost muscle mass. I've lost strength. And if you are someone that's in the gym or likes going to the gym or wants to transition into that, then definitely please take it easy that first couple of weeks. Know that you're going to get some soreness immediately or the, the day after what's called delayed onset muscle soreness. That's DOMS for short. Some of you guys will actually experience that in the back in shape when you move up into phase two or when you move and, and increase the intensity of phase two or move into phase three, you're going to find you get what's called DOMS. And this is one thing that actually really throws a lot of people. They think, oh no, my legs are sore, my legs are sore. Well, you've just done lunges you've just done squats of course they're going to be sore but it's, uh, it's but it's a very good type of sore it's just sometimes that's not that's not um, understood so uh, that's a very important point on a side note okay brilliant i'm going to move back to uh youtube yep. alex is there any chance of a ligament healing naturally enough to resolve pain mine has been diagnosed with hypertrophy some years back and i uh, and i have some new pain uh yeah so so it, it, your body will always try and heal and, and we kind of covered that on the, on the diagram on the board. It will always heal. Hypertrophy is commonly when the ligament has been under extensive stress for extended periods and you get ligament hypertrophy because it's that stress, the abnormal level of stress through that particular part that has caused it to try and adapt and try and cope. You get a lot of scar tissue in those scenarios as well and it becomes problematic. So it will heal. What we're trying to help you do with the right exercises and avoiding the wrong is prevent it healing like that where we had all the scar tissue in the middle, which would be hypertrophy by definition. You know, there's stuff here that shouldn't ordinarily be there. And when, when you try and get back into this position, there's all this loose tissue that kind of gets in the way and doesn't really help with the integrity of that ligament. So when you have that ligament hypertrophy, when you do the wrong exercises, your body will heal, but it will just heal badly with lots of scar tissue as opposed to normal healthy tissue. And we all know this as a fact because you see it on your skin. You see when you pick that scab regularly that it never heals correctly that it always has that little bit of badness to it, that little bit of inelasticity. It doesn't lay down properly. So whenever we injure ourselves and repeatedly injure ourselves, we need to make sure that we do the right things to allow it to recover effectively, 
completely rather than the wrong things that prevent it healing effectively because it will go through that healing process. That healing process will just be very bad. I hope that answers the question. I did get off on a bit of tangent there. If it doesn't, uh, ping a little comment back. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Um, Kate has just said thanks, Michael. The videos are so valuable uh, to being Thank able you. to refer back to and keeping focused. Yeah, on, on, working. yeah on the YouTube channel, um, we have like all the live streams that are organized a lot more effectively. So if you're watching this on Facebook um, and, and you're like, oh, this is a good live stream, go and, go and check it out on the YouTube channel, the Mayfairclinic.com, uh, sorry, the Mayfair Clinic YouTube channel, um, because that's where they all are. And you, and I just think that on YouTube, you can see them a little bit more easily. You can see all the 67, 68 live streams that we've done and all the hundreds of other videos that we've done over the years. Yeah, for sure. Um, lastly, Fiona's just said, that's great advice. Thank you. Um, yes, I'll be taking it easy. My Good. muscle memory has got Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to feel like that when it comes back to going back into the gym. I'm pretty yeah. sure I will. That's for sure. We'll be walking a little bit funny for a few days um, after after the first session of legs. So that'll be good fun um but it, it's all normal it's all natural uh, i want to make sure we're getting enough nutrition on board enough protein on board as well to make sure we're going to recover when we do start amping things up again when we get back into the gym uh that's really really important and uh, not something we touch on as much here but that'll be really really good thanks georgina for the, she just said thank yes. you yes awesome any other questions? Well done. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We hope you found today's live stream very helpful. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. And if you find this helpful or know anyone else that's in a bit of trouble, maybe they're doing the wrong thing. Maybe they've had back pain on and off and it's, they've not been getting better or they're always with back pain, then maybe suggest this channel to them and hopefully they can get some help here as well. But with that being said, hopefully you guys have a great afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow in the morning, 9 a.m. I think it is, with another live stream. So have a great day and see you then.